As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, welcome back to the Wide Ride Podcast. I'm Manny Navarro, Miami Hurricanes beat writer for The Athletic. Special guest today, we got former Hurricanes punter Brian Monroe, of course, does the pregame show with WQAM. Brian, how you doing, man? Everything's good, man. How you been? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, this football uh, camp has started. We got a week in. I saw you out there a couple times, um, you know, hanging out. I know being being a former player has its perk. You get to stick around for the whole thing. Being a, being a member of the media, I got to get out of there. They kick us out. Uh, I get the inside scoop. Y'all get the boot. That's right, man. <laughs> um, so I wanted to bring you on because you, you obviously got a chance to watch these guys. I know you, you weren't necessarily at the scrimmage last night, but you, you've had a chance to, to, to see these guys in action a little bit, especially, um, you know, maybe some of the hitting, some of the, uh, you know, more aggressive 11 on 11 stuff versus, you know, us watching stretching and whatnot. Um, you know, last night I heard reports that, uh, you know, the first team offense did well. Uh, they moved the ball down the field. I think scored on their first possession. You know, Tyler's been looking great. Uh, I think Xavier Restrepo had a good game last night, a uh, good scrimmage. Um, you know, Miami's offense uh, scored some points early, um, but the running game was kind of shut down. I heard the defensive line had a good night. Um, you know, the second team offense was kind of struggling a little bit to move the ball. And, uh, you know, guys like Akeem Mesador that you and I talked about, the transfer from West Virginia, that he had a, a big night. Uh, Cam Kitchens is back healthy. He had, a, he had a good night as well. Those are all things we, we've heard, uh, you know, from people who were there at the scrimmage. Any of, any of that stuff surprise you or is it kind of what you saw in the practices? Yeah, it doesn't shock me. Actually, that's what I noticed. I'm, honestly, from the first day we were out there, you could tell that this defensive line has completely changed from last year where we were, you know, kind of, man, do we have a guy who's going to be the leader? And now you're looking at us like, well, damn, how many guys do we have that can actually play and rotate? Um, and a lot of dudes jumped off, you know, the field when you watched practice. I mean, you talk about Mesador was wrecking havoc. Um, the transfer from UCLA. Mitchell Agude, yeah. Mitchell Agude. And then, you know, you got the young guys too. You know, the kid that they got from Dillard, I think his name's Kelly. Nigel I mean, Kelly, yeah. Just the sheer size of him when I saw him, I think it was in spring or summertime when he just walked by and I'm like, damn, this is what I'm talking about. This is the type of bodies that you need to compete with yeah. the big boys in college football. And if you don't win the line of scrimmage, you're never going to win the big game. So that part does not shock me at all. Um, running game doesn't actually really surprise me too much because it's a new scheme for them. Um, they're down one of their best offensive linemen and Zion Nelson. And I still think that, you know, Mario and Alex Maribal are still trying to figure out who is their best five. So I think mm -hmm. they're still shuffling the lines and kind of seeing who's comfortable with what. Um, so it doesn't really surprise me as much. Um, you know, Tyler doing Tyler stuff. I mean, he he's looked good every single time you put him out there in practice. I don't think there's going to be a big surprise with that. Uh, when I was watching, you know, Jake looked a little bit shaky. Um, but I also think that happens to do with with the defensive line. They were always in the backfield. I mean, he literally couldn't get his feet set a lot of the times when the defensive line was going. So. It doesn't shock me that, you you know, the one the kid that jumped off to me was Ja'Curry Brown. He actually, for what he does, he does it very well. You know, it, it looks like he's very comfortable in that system, getting the ball out of his hand quick. He's got a very live arm. Now, he is a freshman. He's going to make some freshman mistakes and some throws where you just scratch your head. But as far as could you see the very potential he has, yeah, a lot of potential in him. 
Yeah, it, it's funny because, uh, you know, Jacari, we'll, and we could start, we can go position by position here and kind of break it down a little bit, but let's start with quarterback because obviously we know Tyler's the man, right? Um, and, and Jake, you know, he showed a lot of upside, but he's coming back from injury, you know, and he talked about having to put on weight and and, and just, you know, getting healthy again, that kind of thing. And, and Jacari's been in since the springtime, so he's learning the offense. But I, I saw somebody was making comments about Jacari, you know, he may not even play quarterback here, right? And and as a member of a media who, uh, to me, I, I don't understand how you could say that if you hadn't watched any 11 on 11. And, you know, when I was out there Thursday, when Mario let the media watch all of practice, um, and I got there a little late, I was recording a podcast, so I didn't get there right for the beginning, but I saw a lot of the 11 on 11. Jakari threw a pick at the end, but I thought for the most part, he looked comfortable running the, he didn't look scared. I didn't see a guy who was like freshman scared. And I mean, he's a freshman, literally yeah. a freshman <laughs> learning a college playbook college speed for someone to say that he's never going to play quarterback here. Yeah. You've been watching the wrong kid because just from practice one, while I was out there with another prominent uh, Miami hurricane and John Beeson, he made a couple of throws. We both looked at each other and said, Oh shit, we got something there because <laughs> he made some throws where you want to see a court, a college quarterback throw. And again, you don't really expect to be like, okay, freshman get in there. You're going to make every single throw. We don't expect that. We know it takes some time. Mm-hmm. But he made a throw, I believe it was to Arroyo across the middle where he went over the top of the linebacker underneath the safety. And I was like, damn, kid's got a, he's got an arm. Yeah. And then the quick release, getting it out of his hand. He was, to me, he kind of read the defense a little bit better than Jake, where Jake sometimes kind of padded a couple too many times. Right. And didn't get the ball out of his hand quick enough and, you know, led to a sack while Jacory and it was out. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Sometimes it isn't pretty, but guess what? If you get the ball in your playmaker's hand, they make things happen. So, I mean, I don't, you can't rush to judgment when it comes to any freshman to freshman. Right. You know, that's a problem that we've had for the longest time here is that we need to thrust these freshmen into college football when they shouldn't need to be thrusted. They need to be thrusted into the weight room, into the nutrition, into the film room, and like, be, you know, get your body right for college, get your mind right because the speed's different. And if you get a couple every class that is able to contribute, great. But the rest of them should be able to sit on the bench, mature, and become young men instead of boys, which they are when they come out of college. I mean, high school, most of them, you know, perfect example is I say it all the time in interviews, Zion Nelson, mm-hmm. Zion Nelson had no, no business being on the field. as a 40 pounds, man. It's ridiculous. But guess what? We had nobody. <laughs> so we had to. And now all of a sudden you're talking about Zion Nelson being a first or second, third round pick or whatever it is. So just imagine if Zion sat his first three years at the University of Miami, get worked on his body, played last year. Next thing you know, hey, everyone's talking about, oh, my God, look at all this talent that we have at left tackle. Oh, but guess what? He had to play as a freshman. He didn't need to play as a freshman. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it probably helped him, you know, gain some licks and some wounds. But we got to get to a point where there's so much competition that freshmen come in their fourth and fifth in the depth chart. Yeah. Plain and simple. Yeah, that's when when my Miami was great. I mean, you know, even Andre Johnson when he came in as a true freshman, as as much of a man as he was, right? I mean, he didn't he didn't catch everybody, any balls that I, first I, year. I tell everybody this: there was three freshmen that played when I came in. Me, special teams, so really does is different. Tyrone Moss, and that's only because Frank got hurt, mm-hmm. and then Brian Pata because he was a freak. Right. Other than that, our guys played special teams. No one else really touched the field because that's how you have to stack talent. Right. And I mean, if you look at our linebacker, even behind them, you had Rocky McIntosh and Leon Williams already sitting behind Vilma and DJ for a couple of years, just waiting their turn. But by the time they got on the field, they were grown men. Right. You know, they didn't have to come as a freshman. They played some special teams, call it a day, and they got their time in the third year. So I don't know. Whoever reported that needs to watch a little bit more ball to say that he's going to be a different position here. Well, my argument, Brian, is how can you report that when you haven't watched any of 11 on 11 till Thursday? You know, how can you say that about a kid? What did you see, like uh, one-on-one's air or something? Did you see him throwing the thing like his first practice? (laughs) He might be nervous. You never know because, you know, it's University of Miami in his first practice. So he could have some nerves, maybe be a little relaxed about it. But um, no, from what I saw, actually, with the young man, I saw some promise with him. I saw what you want to see from a young quarterback. Does mm-hmm. he have a live arm? To, can he can he read the, the defense and get the ball out of his hand quick? And can he make certain throws? And you know what? Again, we're not going to see Ja'Cory Brown this year. Maybe. Maybe we get some special packages because he's a big body and he can run. He can do some special things. But it's TVD's year, and we know this. And, you know, talking to some of the defenders, they're like, yo, kid's nice. Kid's mm-hmm. a real deal, and he'll take off on you. And I'm like, okay. They know more than me because guess what? They play against him. Well, what I was going to say is really when you think about quarterback position now in college football, right? I mean, TVD is kind of the rarity, the guy who stays yeah. in the pocket and, and and is such a, 
you know, a guy who just sort of takes a scalpel and, and dissects you with his throws. I mean, really, Jacurry is more of the prototypical quarterback in today's game. And, uh, you know, the comparisons to Cam Newton and, and all that stuff, I think, are fair. He's that kind of athletic, freaky, you know, fast kind of guy. And I think if the if if the accuracy comes around and it's going to come around because he's improved, yeah. you just look at his junior to senior year in high school. And then now these first few months at Miami, I mean, he could be a really special talent. And, and I love Tyler, but I mean, that's a guy that brings you a whole nother dimension to your offense. Yeah, I mean, that's that wow factor. That's that dynamic offense you talk about. And, and again, let them develop. I mean, isn't that what our coaches are for? Isn't that what we brought yeah. in all these top-notch coaches for to say, <laughs> okay, I see something in you, but you know what I need to do? I need to tweak this and tweak that mm-hmm. to help you become that player we think you can become. I think that's normally how it works in sports, right? You take a kid that shows a lot of potential, you coach right. him up, and then he becomes that great player that you know he can be. Mm-hmm. But, hey, what do I know? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a coach. I just, I just sit back and sit in the sideline. <laughs> So, uh, look, receivers, obviously, we'll, we'll jump over to receiver because before we get into the running game, because, you know, that's that's the position really when you look at it and you say, OK, somebody's got to step up, you know, you go back and you look at the targets last year. I mean, every throw was to Charleston Rambo, Mike Hurley. It really was. I mean, they were just two the two go to guys. And that's not easy to replace. You know, you go back a couple of years ago. Um, when you were looking for a receiver before Rambo got here. And, and I think, you know, that's an element to this game that somebody needs to step up. Restrepo, I think we all kind of expect it because him and Tyler are close, right? They're buddies, roommates. Um, they have that natural chemistry. I think, uh, you know, Mallory uh, and Arroyo, your two tight ends, I think they're going to catch a ton of balls. But you still would love to see that outside threat, that guy. Because, I mean, Restrepo, he's a slot guy, okay? And you can go to the slot guy deep every now and again. You can go to the tight ends deep every now and then. But the reality is you need Keyshawn Smith. You need a Jacoby George, Romello Brinson. I guess my question to you, you watched them throw the ball deep probably a couple of times. What did you see and how's it working? So, yeah, I think this is one of the, the if you had a worrisome group, this would be the one on offense because, like you said, there was really two guys that went to last year and there was a lot of inconsistency. You know, there was talent. You know, there's guys that come in with talent from high school, but that's also got to translate into the college game, you know? Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing when you're a receiver is you can't think. You need to know your routes. You need to know your defense. If you have to adjust a route because of defense change, you need to know it. You need to be able to play instead of think. Right. And I don't know if all of our young guys are there yet, even though they have flashed. You know, like I love the kid, Jacoby George. Um, I think he's a smooth route runner. He can go deep. He can go intermediate. Um, but it's all about putting it together. And can TVD trust you? You know, that's the biggest thing is trust. Romello Brenson, you know, talented coming out of Miami. Um, and then when I was, you know, when you watch some of the practice, you have some drops. So again, it's, it's a trust thing. My big fan, I'm always been a big fan since this young man since he's been here is Brashard Smith. I think that Gaddis can do so many things to incorporate him in the offense. Um, but he does have X in front of him, but you can still get him on the field. And I think that's a guy that can jump out for me from what I've seen so far in the limited time that I have watched your two guys that you're going to be looking for on the outside. It's probably going to be Keyshawn Smith and the transfer of Frank Ladson. To me, they look like the bo- the most natural receivers that we had in practice as far as being comfortable, knowing everything, going deep, consistently catching the ball. I think those are going to be your starters as far as Keyshawn Smith on one side, Frank Lanson on the other side, Restrepo in the middle. Love Restrepo. I think he's a dog. Um, you just don't necessarily want your slot to be your number one. You know, you're, you're, you know we know Xavier and him, uh, Xavier and him have a, such a great friendship and that's his, you know, that's his uh, security blanket. So third downs, tough yardage, that's going to be the guy you go to, but who's going to be that nine rod guy. Who's going to be that 50, 50. I'm just going to throw it up because we need a big play. I think Keyshawn Smith can do that. He flashed that last year in that Pittsburgh game. He's got all the tools. If Frank Ladson can stay healthy, which obviously you know, which is big, biggest thing in Clemson, he just looks nice. I mean, in and out of his breaks, beating our corners on one-on-one, catching the ball smoothly. He's a big kid. He can run. I think that could be our one this year if he does stay healthy. Yeah, and, and you know, one name that I think people were mentioning the other day at practice um, is a guy who's also had a, an extensive injury history. That's Michael Redding. And, you know, um, I know some of his teammates were giving him credit saying, hey, when we don't know something, we ask him, right? When coaches in the room, we can ask him. I know he's like an aero, aero uh, science engineering major, whatever. Like he's Damn. he's a super, <laughs> he's a super bright kid. I know that. I know he's like you know probably gonna work for NASA one day or something. But you know he's 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 just a bright kid. Um, has he flashed at all? Have you seen eighty three making plays out there at all? So when I was there, I wouldn't say he flashed, but he was consistent. 
Mm-hmm. Right. You know, every time you're going through drills, you catch the ball and get a field. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the biggest thing for me to watch is just to see are you consistently catching the ball. You right. know, um, on 11 11s, I didn't see in person make any throws, maybe other days that he was. But as far as like body type, that's exactly what you need. And that's what we need as far as that bigger receiver that can go up and get the ball. Now mm-hmm. they brought in two guys. We talked about um, Frank Gladson and the uh, Juke Kobe, yeah. Kobe Young, which is another big body guy. You have to have those in college football. You need to have that 50-50 guy. And if, you know, if it's taken Reading this amount of time to figure it out, no big deal. Right. I'm good with it. You're in your third or fourth year. Now it's clicking for you. Perfect. Now become that receiver being a four-star at IMG. We all thought you would be and go win a job. I mean, or at least go show that you can get be trusted this year. And then next year, go win a job and just get playing time because they're going to get rotated in. Right. It's just what it is when it comes to college football now. So if it's his time to step up, let's see it step up, you know, but I think it's more of that. Can I trust you? It's, right. it's, it's always trust with coaches in every position. Like mm-hmm. if I put you on the, on the film and you say, okay, coach, I got to do this and you do that. So he's smart. Everyone knows he's going to know. Okay, cool. Perfect. But if I put you in the game and you do it and you drop the ball. Right. Can't what? trust you. Can't trust you. So then, you know, the coach goes, mm, if I'm going to put him in the game. So now it's going to, he's going to have those first couple of games of opportunity as far as, Bethune, Cookman, Southern Miss, you're going to see a lot more guys play. Those two games are really going to dictate who's going to be in the rotation against Texas A&M. It's definitely going to cut the rotation down a lot of positions, very to a a small degree, because who can I trust? Mm -hmm. Who's going to go out there and ball against a lesser opponent, know their assignments, catch the ball, make tackles, and those are the guys you're going to see against Texas A&M moving forward in ACC play. Yeah, Um, and, and that's a good thing, right? We don't have Alabama week one. Where, where that's where that can be such a demoralizing right game like it was last year. You have these two games where you can really get a chance to see what you have and put the guys to the test and put them on film, give them those opportunities. Um, I want to wrap up the, with the receivers with this thought. You know, one thing um, that was mentioned this week by Keyshawn is they're letting them play inside and out versus, you know, last year when you go back and you look at the reps uh, and I, and I have this in my notes, but I think, you know, the outside guys were pretty much the outside guys and the inside guys were the inside guys. Like there was no, have you seen that? Have you seen guys lining up in different spots? Have you seen Xavier on the outside at all? Or has he just been in the slot? Have you seen Keyshawn in the middle? And I guess is that as a receiver, I'm sure that probably excites guys. Well, you, you've heard Mirabal talk about it when he talks about his offensive line being cross training. Yeah. You know, Coach Cristobal is going to look for the best 11 to put on the field. Right. So what that means, Keyshawn slides in the slot. And we bring in Jacoby George on the outside and Frank Ladson on the other outside. Yeah. Let's go. I mean, right. I don't think Crystal Ball's afraid to do anything. He's going to try to find the best guys on this roster to play. Right. So if that means you're playing the X and the Z or whatever, you're going to play both or you're going to learn both. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to play the slot. You're going to learn the slot. And, you right. know, that's kind of like even when we were back, you know, back in the day, guys learned multiple positions as far as receivers and stuff like that, because you're just trying to find the best guys in the best matchup because one week you might notice, hey, X is going to be better against this type of coverage or this type of player, or Keyshawn Smith with that speed in the middle. This guy is slow, so we can take him over the top, and it's a mismatch right. against the safety. So for me, I, I would expect all of that. I would expect that on offense and defense, defensive line, linebackers, secondary, everything. The best 11 are going to play. Yeah. Um, at tight end, Will, we, I saw him with the big wrap on the shoulder, and I think they're keeping him out. Obviously, they don't want to risk it. Uh, having him get hit or anything like that. So he wasn't a scrimmage. Obviously, neither was Zion, although Zion at least got the brace off now. So we'll see. Hopefully he comes back uh, in, in some of these practices before the season starts. Um, how did the other tight ends, how's Arroyo looking? I mean, I know he's going to probably be primarily in sort of an H-back role. Will it be, you know, the Y, and then you'll have, um, you know, Skinner work his way in there as well. Who stood out among the tight ends to you? Arroyo looks good. I think he can be a special uh, player. You know, he developed his body a lot more than he did last year. I think last year he was really smooth in and out of his breaks. I think uh, I don't think it was Michigan State game. He had a really nice route where you're just sitting there like because you're just looking for little pieces to say, so, okay, can he yeah. have something that can we can build on? And he does. He's mm-hmm. he's a big body. He looks good. He's smooth in and out of his breaks. I think he's a guy that's really going to come on this year. Um they got a couple of the guys behind them. Um, I think it's 88. I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, Marinelli or something like that. Yeah. Dominic. I, think, mm-hmm. I think he's going to be used more in the in the blocking scheme. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right now we're going to need that because Gaddis is going to use two and three, you know, tight end sets. Right. Um, and then you got the you got the true freshman where he looks like he's a straight 
big, tall receiver on the outside. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to take him a little bit just to get comfortable um, to with the playbook. You know, mm-hmm. Skinner, he looked a little, you know, shaky a little bit the first practice I was at, but you know, that's, it's no, it's acceptable because you're a freshman. Like, you know, sometimes you get the jitters. Sometimes you're just trying to get comfortable, but he looks like a big receiver. Like that's what you want in today's tight end game. You know, right. I think your I think your main guys you're going to have this year is Will Mallory and Arroyo. I think those are going to be your two big dogs when it comes to making plays downfield inside and outside. I think the other guys you're going to see in some spot duty. I think you might see the kid, uh, you say Mar- Mar- Marinelli? Marinelli, yeah. Dominic. You'll see him in the in the blocking scheme and maybe Khalil um, on right. the outside for, uh, for a little bit. But I, as far mm-hmm. as like your two go to guys, I think it's just going to be uh, Will Mallory and Arroyo from what I've seen so far. As far as catching the ball. Yeah. yeah. Being involved in that. Yeah. And, I, and, and look, you go back and look at Gattis's offense at Michigan. I mean, he played the tight ends. I mean, he had the two t- in terms of snaps. He had two tight ends more than than. I mean, there's only one receiver and two tight ends that were the top three you know, players. So we will see them line up a lot. It doesn't necessarily mean the ball is going to them, but he's going to employ exactly. them. Yeah. Exactly. Um, how about the blocking on the offensive line? No Zion. So guys are shifting around. Mirabal told me, look, I'm going to have three or four different guys working at center because that's important position for him. Uh, I know Jaden Rivers has worked there. I know DJ Scaife can work there. Um, obviously, you have Ja'Kai Clark, uh, Jalen Rivers, um, all guys that, that are that are valuable. Um how have they looked to you? Who stood out among the offensive line? Who, who maybe has uh, impressed you a little? I'm a big Jalen Rivers fan. I think he was our best offensive lineman before he got injured last year. I'm more curious to see where Cristobal and Maribal figure out who the best five are and where they put them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the practice I was at, it, it was give and take. You know, some plays they opened up a little bit. Then you would see Rooster scoot down the sideline. And then, you know, this defensive line is they're playing well. I mean, they're they're in the backfield a bunch. And, you know, with the first couple of practices in any spring or fall, defense is always going to be better. For whatever it is, defense is always more comfortable and they're always better. Yeah. So they normally dominate more. And I think they were just giving the offensive linemen uh, issues and fits because they were playing so well. And also they have a, I don't know what it is, like a 12, 13, 14 man rotation right now where they keep bringing in fresh bodies against team one you know um but what <laughs> that, i do and like, that has a that plays a factor oh man especially yeah. especially in our heat that, that yeah. plays that plays a huge factor because i saw coach cristobal maribal doing drills i've never seen with offensive defensive line where mm-hmm. they are literally running him into the ground you know because speaking to coach cristobal you know we were like you know so how do you how do you get these guys in shape if you guys don't get two a days anymore and you guys don't have certain practices and do this he goes I have my ways. ways. (laughs) And that's that's leaving the offensive lineman out there all day. And then, and then we saw a drill where I was like, Oh damn. Yeah. I mean, okay, Mm -hmm. this is definitely going to get in shape. And you know, dudes come over and some dudes are throwing up, you know, whatever hands over top of the head and stuff. And I'm just like, okay, I get what he's coming from. So (laughs) I still think it's fresh. You know, I haven't been out there in the last couple of practices. I still think it was fresh as far as finding who the best five is and kind of just working through it and throw, you know, throwing things out there. And if they don't work, they don't work. And then switch it up. Yeah. John Campbell, you know, when he saw me and he was all excited, he's going to be playing left tackle most of camp because Zion being Zion being out and, and he's rotated around. Um, but, you know, he talked a big game. He's like, listen, I, I was doing great before I got hurt. I'm planning on coming back and being a starter. Do you think he's maybe that fifth guy? I think I got Jalen Rivers sort of as the fourth guy because you got the other three returning starters. But do you think he's that fifth guy or, or who do you think challenges him to be that fifth guy? Well, really, I don't I don't think there's a lot set in stone with a new coaching staff, to be mm-hmm. to be honest, especially with Coach Cristobal. He doesn't care yeah. who you were last year, or what you did. It's about what you do now. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we all think Zion's going to be that left tackle. Right. OK, cool. We all think Clark's going to be the center. the center. Other than that, I think you can see anything happen when it comes to rotation. Jalen could play left guard. He could play right tackle. Mm-hmm. He could play left tackle if Zion's not healthy. Scaife could be inside instead of outside. You got the transfer from um or Logan that seems to be that right guard that big body to move the pile you know I think Campbell's got to come in there and really jump off the film and camp to be the next guy because it is a competition and Mirabal's just opening up to everybody now I haven't personally seen Campbell play um this camp mm-hmm. so I couldn't tell you too much about him but I remember from last year he's got a bunch of snaps he's got some experience underneath him if he's got that attitude that I'm going to be that dude that's what you need from every guy you right. want a guy to say, I'm taking positions, you know, so what do I have to do to prove it? Well, practice starts. 
When you play Bethune and you play Southern Miss, don't give up a sack. Don't give up a pressure. Let's see it. I mean, yeah. I've heard a lot from guys before. Let's see it. And, I mean, this is a coaching staff where it ain't going to be no BS. I'll tell you that with Coach Cristobal and Maribel. It's going to be some tough love, but they're going to love these dudes up. They're going to coach them hard. But, again, they're going to put the best five in. If I can't trust the six and seven dude, right. you're not getting in rotation. These right. are going to be my guys. I'm riding with them the whole year. So you got, what, a month left to go and prove yourself in camp? I'm all for it. Henry Parrish came in from Ole Miss. I thought he did good in the spring. I know you liked him. Um, obviously, you got Jalen Knighton back healthy. To me, they're carbon copies of one another, really. I mean, in terms of their build and everything else. Don Chaney's the interesting kid in the sense that, you know, when he's 100%, I think he gives you everything you want. The explosiveness, the size. Uh, I ran into his dad in the parking lot, talked to him for a little bit last week, and he said, look, you know, it's only been about six to eight weeks where he's really been full throttle, right, coming off of that ACL. Um, last night, reports are he did well. Um, what did you think of the running backs, and how do you think ultimately this plays out? You know, Well, you look at it from last year, right? Jalen Knighton's got everything to be that home run threat. But you don't want him to be the guy where it's one, two, first down, second down, third down. He's got to be the guy. Next drive, got he's got to be the guy. Like, we ran him into the ground. That's not the type of running back we need to use him as. Mm -hmm. He has unbelievable speed, and it's shown every practice I've been there where he touches the ball, he's gone. And, I mean, it's not even close. Um, I think he can be that home run hitter, especially in Gattis' offense, get him in space, get the ball in his hand, catching, making the first man miss. Um, I do love Henry Parrish. I think he could be that every down back to start off with because he can catch out the backfield. He can run in between tackles and outside of tackles. Don Chaney can be special. Why? Because like you said, he's got the mix of size and speed. He can run you over. He can make you miss and he can take it to the house. There's a reason why he was a five-star running back to come out of the back. I mean, out of high school. Um, again, he's fresh off his um, injury. So it would take some time to get some football, you know, conditioning underneath you. But by the time we get into that midseason, you could see him take over as running back one and be that guy because he can do everything that you can combine Parrish and Knighton to do. Now, he's not as fast as Knighton, but he can take it to the house 80 yards. Right. Um, Thad, you want to be the guy to step up and be in short yardage to prove himself at the beginning, right? Because you got three talented running backs in front of you. You're that big bruiser that, you know, is 240-something or 238, whatever <laughs> one's yeah. boarding. You're, you're a huge kid, just to say that. We've been terrible at third and one, fourth and one short yardage for the last couple of years. Can a guy step up? Can it be you? Can you say, hey, coach, you can trust me. I'm going to take this fourth and one and take it 30. So that means let me get some more snaps. Um, and then you got the freshman, Citizen. He looks the part. I mean, he looks like a, a damn NFL rookie already. He's just yeah. put together solid, looks like a running back that I, this is the type we need as far as every, day, every down back um, in the ACC to compete with the big boys. Uh, again, he's a freshman. So he's not going to know the playbook like the back of his hand. So it's going right. to take some time for him to understand it. And the biggest thing that I've learned when it comes to running backs and they tell me pass protection, if you can't pass protect, you're not getting in the game because again, a word that we've been using today, trust. If I can't trust you to know that you have to come across my face and pick up this pass protection, I'm not putting in the game. So he's already behind the eight ball when it comes to playing on the field, but as a running back, you really only want to see him play 30% of games. You don't want to see him in there hundred percent, 80%. No, no. True freshman, 30% of the game. Let's supplement him a little bit, you know, put him in, a, in, the, in the second quarter, second half, bigger boy, you know, see what he's got running the defense down. Um, but I think as far as, as if you want to say, like, I, I think it's going to be, a, you know, rotation by committee. I think it's going to be three guys. I think it's going to be Knight, and I think it's going to be Paris, and then I think it's going to be Cheney as your three guys. And I think Paris is going to start off as RB1. Wow. Okay. Interesting prediction there. Um, although I will say from, from my conversation with Kevin Smith, he said, sometimes your best guy doesn't start, you know, in his attack. So and his, you, you never know. And that's, that's the thing that I think fans get like caught up on his depth chart. I think it's more about mismatch and, and what's the defense given us and what do we see, how we can attack them. Whether that means I need more of a running back in, in that can get in space all right, cool. That means not, you might start because I'm just going to throw you out, out the backfield and make you have your one man miss. That means, okay, cool. If I need a guy that's, I can go all three downs inside, outside, every down back parish, you're coming in right now. If I want someone that's going to run you over and take it, you know, 90 yards, Don Chaney, what's up? You're starting today. It's, I don't think that's a, it's a bad problem to have. I think that you're going to see a lot of rotation when it comes to that room because they very, they are very talented. I just think that, as far as depth chart, you're going to see a lot of ores 
when it comes to that room. I don't think you're going to see first team this. I think it's going to be first team blank or blank. Right, right. Well, and and Mario's not giving us a lot of hints. I don't know if you saw his video last night, but he's Nick Saban Jr., man. No information. Mario ain't going to give us nothing. (laughs) I mean, it's going to be cut and dry. And everyone, I have people texting me like, hey, did you go to the scrimmage? I'm like, nah. He goes, damn, I can't get nothing from this video. I said, good luck. You ain't getting nothing from Mario ever. And that's that's what he wants. And that's what he needs here because you can't have things leak out, especially when you're trying to implement a new offense and defense. Um, and you got a huge game in your in your third game. It's you know you got to keep this tight knit. Not you know who's in what position, what Perry's starting here. Like no, we need to lock it down and get focused and just let them do their thing. So I mean, there's a reason why you can't take pictures and videos and stuff like that and and report different things because you you need to get the things right. And I respect it because yeah. we we also know that these young men are all over social media and all over message boards and stuff and read all the chatter. So if someone's out there posting like, oh, this guy terrible today, this guy's never going to play a position here, you know, like kids read that and be like, well, damn, this is the dude that's supposed to be reporting on me or supposed to be a super fan and saying I can't be whatever. And then mentally, you never know who's strong enough. So right. lock it all out. You know, I, I wish you could do a whole no social media type thing with some of them sometimes, but you can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm cool with Crystal Ball with that vanilla answer. Yeah. Bit. Yeah. Well, listen, hey, whatever gets them to start winning, that's what I think most fans care about, right? Um, I don't. I don't care what. Well, whatever it is, uniforms, whatever, just win. Don't care. Win. <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Couple of injuries that that were sort of reported last night. You mentioned Citizen earlier. They said somebody said he he kind of got nicked up, uh, and so did uh, Isaiah Horton, the freshman receiver, who I guess made a play. In the, but we'll see. We'll see what, if if we find anything out. I don't think any of them are serious in terms of long term season ending or anything like that. But again, uh, we'll find. I'm sure that kind of stuff will come out. Let's flip over to defense because I think that was the, like you mentioned earlier. That seemed to be the story last night. Is those guys are are legit. They 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 look a to- like a totally different unit from the missed tackle mess that we saw last year. What what are your what are your biggest takeaways so far? And, and you mentioned Nigel Kelly, the freshman defensive line. You mentioned obviously some some of the other defensive linemen, uh, Akeem Mazador and Mitch Lagude. But when what stands out to you maybe at linebacker because that's a that was a question mark. Let's start there. Let's start with linebacker. Well, I think the first thing that stands out to me is the coaching staff. Right. Mm-hmm. When you look at the defensive side of the coaches, there's like 30 of them out there. I mean, I just see coaches <laughs> everywhere. I'm just like, damn, where are they all coming from? <laughs> but then you also look at the, you know, how much history, how much experience this coaching staff brings, you know, from the highest level of the SEC, the national champs, to damn a Hall of Famer in the in the front four. And then in the back end, you got another <laughs> Hall of Famer watching film with you. I mean, that you, you that means so much to these young men when it comes to the small details. Right. When I want to mean my small details, you know, watching film with Jason Taylor, who better to watch and say, hey, what, what could what I do wrong? Hey, you know, actually, you should try this move instead of doing this. When an offensive lineman tries to set like this, do this, hey, practice these. And all I want you to do is practice these every single day. Like it, it's information that you can't just get anywhere, you know. And then also, what do I need to do to take it to the next level? What do I need to do to be an All-American? What do I need to do to be a first round pick? How do you train? How do you work out? What is my recovery like? So the first to me that stands out to me is the coaching staff. I think Coach Chris Ball's put down amazing coaching staff in the defensive um, side of the field. And also, you saw them teaching a lot. You know, they broke up and were teaching in a lot of different drills. You know, Coach Strong with the certain outside linebackers teaching how to set the edge on a tight end. You know, then you had Coach Steele with the inside linebackers teaching a certain way. And I'm just like, this is what you need because we needed to get back to the basics when it came to tackling. Um, Coach Cristobal mentioned that tackling has been a lot better. 
you know, they're getting a lot more hats of the ball. You know, they're, they're getting their head across the, uh, the chest of the ball. And those are the small things that you kind of saw where you just, you're not doing the fundamental tackling last year. And the biggest thing is you got to run to the ball. All 11 have to run to the ball because if there's 11 hats, if the first guy missed, guess what? I got 10 other dudes about to knock you out, mm. you know, and that's, that's the pursuit that you have. Speaking of the linebackers, I think the linebackers, that's a big question mark in defense, right? You know, last year we weren't that great. And this year we come in and you have some experienced guys that played a lot of ball and flag and steed and Keontra Smith. And then you have some talented young guys and Chase Smith that I think can be really good, big body. You have Wesley Besaint that flies sideline to sideline. But does he have the body to play every single down right now in college football? I'm not 100% sure. But again, I don't need a freshman to play every single down, but I wouldn't mind getting him in the game to see what he can do. Um, I think your your big guy is the transfer from UCLA. Caleb Johnson, yep. That's a guy that's a uh, I think he's I don't know, I read somewhere he's like 23 or 24 or something like that. Or <laughs> yes, he's an older guy, yeah. He's an older guy that's seen a lot of ball. You know, he he flashes on film as being a speed linebacker that can get sideline to sideline. Probably a guy that can line you up and make sure that, hey, it's coming this way. I see this. Hey, help out your strong side linebacker, help out the defense tackle, shade him this way. Um, those are the type of things that you get from an experienced guy that I think he's going to be the dude that needs to step up to this defense is really going to take that next step. Yeah, you need that veteran voice. And you mentioned age, 23, 24 years old. I mean, that's kind of what they need. I mean, Corey Flagg came in here as a true freshman, was just, right, throw him to the wolves. Another I guy mean, that just, you had no choice. Listen, college football coaches are very smart dudes, okay? Mm-hmm. They're very smart guys. They'll know exactly who to pick on on certain plays where I'm like, I can just confuse him. And sure enough, they go for the bait. And again, that's all about seeing ball, playing a lot of ball. You know, when you don't have inexperienced guys, they see something on film and they're like, oh, that's it. And they go run to it. And then all of a sudden it just goes the other direction. Mm -hmm. And I think with this defense that Coach Steele's bringing in, I think you're going to see a little bit more short tackling. I don't think you're going to see the crazy stats of like the tackles for loss all day long. But I think you're going to see is, Hey, a one yard run instead of a six yard run, mm-hmm. Hey, a one yard loss run instead of a 50 yard run. You know, I think you're going to see more gang tackling where it's going to be five guys tackling the running back instead of two or one or right. the first guy missing. And you know what? You can win football games like that. You know, you can't win football games. Oh, I got all these tackles for losses. And the next thing you know, they take the next one to the 80 to the house. Mm-hmm. Like uh, just be stout, be fundamental and run to the football. Because one thing you can't teach is effort. You can, you can make a lot of plays on effort. I learned that from all my defensive guys. If you have if you run 110 miles an hour and you know your playbook, you can make a lot of plays on effort. And the one guy that you I've noticed in practice that I think is going to make a lot of plays this year just because of effort is Jafar I. Harvey. Mm-hmm. I mean, this dude rushed the passer and sprinted 50 yards after the running back. Right. Said, Damn. He's got that like athleticism. That. I mean, that right there, you're going to see him cause a ton of force fumbles from behind just because of his effort. And I think that's something that you might see different in this defense and this team altogether is that, you know, that intensity, that 110 miles an hour every single play instead of like, oh, we practice like this and all of a sudden we're going to turn it on. Like, no, you can't. It's right, got to be right. intensity all the time and you got to see gang tackling, running to the football. And if you don't, guess what? Come on over here and sit next to me in the sideline. That's what's yeah. going to happen. But when you have depth, it makes a big difference because then you oh, can then you can pull a guy. And, and but, it, but also this, it also makes a huge difference in competition, mm-hmm. right? Because then guys don't get, you know, comfortable and say, well, ah, I know nobody's behind me. I'm going to play because, give you a perfect example, we had dudes that I played with where they didn't want to come out the game. Coach, right. you, you, you can't take them out. Like uh, one of the funny stories, was, it was with Vilma. It was with Vilma and DJ Williams. And they were, we were playing Rutgers or something like that. And they had like a, a thing going on for most tackles in the year or whatever. And, you know, DJ and Vilma were just racking up tackles against <laughs> Rutgers. And Coach Shannon's like, yo, you got to come out. You know, Rocky and Leon are coming in. And Le- I mean, <laughs> Vilma looked at Leon, cursed them out and said, man, you, be- you better stay on that sideline. <laughs> you was not coming in this game. And stayed in the game and got more tackles. So competition is huge because you don't get comfortable. You know that the dude behind me, is just as good as me. Mm-hmm. I'm literally a loaf away from being on this sideline. And if he gets in the game, I might not get my starting job back. You know, and that's what you need. You need that fear from these, these younger guys to say like, yo, we got real competition or like we got real dudes coming and not just like, 
all right, I'm a junior, I'm a senior. I know coach is going to play me. We're cool. I just go through the motions. Like, nah, that's got to change. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only way you get the, the max out of everybody all the time. Otherwise they'll loaf. And when we saw that at times, we saw guys take plays off and that, and that you can't win, you can't win anything like that. You, you can't win game. I mean, listen, I could go back to the Florida game and we loafed and Tony took that thing to the house and missed people. And it's like, you can't be like, okay, Oh no, that guy's got him all of a sudden. Oh no, he didn't get him. And you start to run like, no. And that's what pisses off former players more. Like, you know, I watched mm-hmm. the game with mostly like defensive guys. So when you see them loafing, people are cussing out TVs and stuff like that because <laughs> they know what it took to be a first round pick. They know what it took to be great. They know what it mm-hmm. took to be one of the best to play at Miami. And it's like, no, you don't, you don't have to teach you certain things. All I'm asking for you is effort. Give yeah. me effort. And if you don't want to give me effort, stay on the sideline. Yeah. You, you can't be great. Your team can be great if you don't give effort. So I think that's what pisses off former players more than anything is just effort. Where is the effort? Where is that heart? Where is that? Like, I love playing football. I just can't wait to go smash this dude over and get the ball away from him. Right. Well, I think uh, we're, we're starting to see it out of maybe some of the younger guys, you know, like the James Williams is of the world. They're super hungry. The Leonard Taylors are super talented. I think we'll, we'll start to see it uh, kind of come out of those guys a little bit. Um, I want to ask you about the secondary before we before we move on to a couple of other subjects. Um, obviously, you know, we know about the safeties. We know how much how much talent is there with the three guys back there. We saw I saw a couple of plays in the 11 on 11 where they had all three of them out there together. Um, let's start with that. I mean, where do you think? the future lies with, with a guy like James Williams, because I think he's, he's kind of perfect for that star position to play in the box a little bit. Well, it's kind of, like I said earlier, you know, coach is going to get the best 11 on the field. Mm-hmm. I don't care whether I put James Williams in the box a little bit, some plays, you know, where I, whether I put Cam Kinchins in, in the box a little bit, because I think he's that one of the most surest tacklers that we have on mm-hmm. this defense. And one of the brightest young stars that we have on this defense, I think coach still is going to do whatever he's got to do to get all three of those guys on the field because they're all very talented and Vontae Williams being one of the most talented because he just does things physically gifted. You're like, damn, how the hell did he get from over there? So I think those three players are stars in the making and in their own right. They're all different types of players, you know, right. Um, James can easily get in, in the box because he's a big, you know, he's a big boy. Can't um, two six five two two twenty five or two thirty, whatever he really is. <laughs> you know, but he's surprisingly, he's staying lean. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, the first practice I saw, it's not like he got tremendously bigger. He's just right. a tall dude. So he's got like weight behind him. He's staying lean. He's still staying athletic. He's staying fluid to be, you know, a safety, a secondary guy. There's nothing that says, oh, no, he's got to be a linebacker. Like, no, nah, I haven't I haven't seen that at all. Mm-hmm. But I would not be surprised if Kevin Steele uses him like an Isaiah Simmons. I was at Clemson yep. a couple of years ago where you're a big body dude that can run and cover that. Good. I can put you in the slot against a tight end. Good. I can put you and rush you off the edge. I can put you as an outside linebacker and shore up our run defense like that. He should want to do that because the more you can do, the more valuable you are as a player. And obviously he has goals to take it to the next level. Well, defensive coordinator in the NFL is just drooling to say like, oh, damn, I can put him in the box. I can put him out. I can put him here. Like, I think he stays where he's at right now. But I think you see Coach Steele use him in many ways. And try to get those three guys on the field as much as he can, especially if we can't find the linebackers to trust um, inside the box as well. Coach Steele, uh, you know, he mentioned, I asked him, I said, what really improved the most in the spring? And he said cornerbacks. You know, that, that felt like an area where, where, and you didn't have Tyreek in the spring, but you had Takori. I mean, Takori looks like a different human being with some weight on him. Um, you know, Tyreek is back now. You got the vets, DJ Ivy. You got Blades, right, who can play safety or corner. Uh, and then you got the young kids, you know, some of those young kids that have been coming up, Isaiah Dunson, um, who else? Uh, you got the Kamari Rogers kid who came in the spring and then, you know, you added Chris Graves. So I think everybody was so excited about anybody pop to you at corner. So for me, I think the one that popped the most because I was the most disappointed in him last year was to Corey Couch. Mm-hmm. You know, I had so much ambition for him after his first year at Miami. He's such a, such a talented young man. Um, you know, Deion Sanders don't call you a dog for no reason. And now I don't know, you know, maybe he was going through something last year, but it definitely wasn't to Corey couch. It was mm-hmm. something else, whether he was doing some personal issues, whatever, I don't know, but it wasn't the player that we saw the year before. It was good to see him be back to that guy that we saw when we first got him here at university of Miami. Um, I think he's going to be the slot guy. He's one, he is probably the most talented corner that we have on this roster. 
Um, I think, you know, Tyreek Stevenson locks down one corner. That's a given. We know that if he can be the slot guy, the biggest question to me is who's going to be that guy on the other side. You know, obviously DJ Ivy is, is built for it. He is literally been built for it. it. I mean, he looks like what the NFL wants as a corner kid is a freak. I don't know. Six, one, six, two ripped up big can run. And then sometimes you just, you just, confused why is he a space kid in some like plays mm-hmm. i think with the more competition they brought bringing in or brought in i think it's helped him elevate his his practice habits to prove that he can be that guy um porter stood out to me the transfer from mm-hmm. west virginia as well the south florida kid um i think he he's putting it together and learning some more um you know they got some young guys that have flashed I just don't think they're ready to be that starting corner yet. Like you mentioned, Dunson played a little bit last year. Chris Graves, you know, put together. I think Rogers is going to need some time in the weight room. He's a little bit light um, right. right now, which is it's all good. Take some time to get some weight. You know, you guys got some real good eating plans now that we didn't have back in the day. <laughs> it, it's been a big difference. It looks like that nutrition, the new nutrition program. What a difference! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that thing is that thing's amazing, man. They're doing you know they're doing a great job over the Bellamy and all the guys over there. Um, doing a great job. The, the strength staff's amazing, Coach Feld. But yeah, what they're doing, nutrition and everything else, yeah, these kids are going to put on weight. But you can see that. You can see from the, tra- you know, they did the little transition pitches for the summer and stuff like that. You can see it and you need it. You know, we're, we, our team's not built as a championship team. They're just not. When you look at their bodies compared to like Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, um, of the worlds that are, you know, considered these, oh, they're going right. to make it in Georgia. You compare body types, we're not there yet. That Alabama-Miami game last year was pr- all the proof you needed, right? I mean, just look at the bodies in that game. I mean, listen, we all know me. I'm, I'm the biggest Canes fan. I'm a nut job when it comes to games, everything else like that. But I keep it real. You know, I, I keep it real. <laughs> I appreciate that. And talking with, talking with my guys from, you know, the, the All Canes podcast and even talking with my guys like on radio and stuff like that, and they talk about the Alabama game. I said, look, we aren't there yet. I said, they're going to dwarf us on the line of scrimmage. And that's where we're going to get destroyed. We're going to get, it's going to be a run down our throat because we're going to get tired. So one of the guys is like, yo, they're not going to put, they're not going to, they're not going to put 50 on us. I'm like, they're not going to what? <laughs> I said, Bro, I love my team to death. I said, we're not at that. We're not at that level yet. All I right. want to see is these guys to compete against these guys. Be hungry, be pissed off that you're getting your ass whooped and compete. So he's like, I'll bet you a hundred bucks. I said, Hundred bucks, whatever you want to bet, and sure enough, they they did what they did. But mm-hmm. we can get there with recruiting. You can see already who Cristobal was able to flip in two months with one of their coach on the recruiting trail. Yep, Kelly, Citizen. These body types are the types that you need in college football to compete with the big boys because Citizen most likely was going to go to the SEC. Kelly was most likely going to go to the SEC or Oregon, I believe. When Crystal Ball was out. Yeah, he's going to go to Oregon. You know, you look at the class that he has right now committed, the number one offensive tackle. He was going to go to Alabama's of the world. We know that. And I mean, you hear everything about him. He's a man amongst boys. That's the type of dudes that you need to bring in to say, you look like the team that compete with anybody. We're still not there yet. We're getting close. But you need to say, like, if two of my guys go down a defensive line, my third dude looks like a freak. Yep. Like he can come in and compete, you know, like. Alabama, case in point last year, they lost two defensive linemen on uh, outside linebackers, well, both five-star kids. Guess who came in? A freshman <laughs> from St. Thomas Aquinas. And he killed everybody. <laughs> he killed everybody. And you know where he should have been at? University of Miami. Mm-hmm. So those are the type of recruiting battles that, you know, Coach Cristobal has to win. And he's right. done an amazing job right now. I think he's sitting at number nine or whatever in the class right now. Right. Um, and I mean – there's it's a difference like, between number 16 and 17 and being top 10, top five. I mean, it's oh, just yeah, it's a huge difference. The recruits that you get are different, the different players are different, like I said, body types, you know, and mm-hmm. they're telling me that Chris Ball could come in year one and have a top 10 recruiting class, or I thought was more impressive taking us from the seventies when he got here mm-hmm. to, I don't know, 16 or whatever we were at. I thought that was a hell of a damn yep. job, especially only having two coaches on his staff. Um, <laughs> but I tell everyone, give Chris Ball some time. He's, he's going to do it. There's one thing he's going to do. He's going to bring in the guys, no matter what. He's going to bring in the guys. Everywhere he's done, been, he's brought in the guys. Whether that was FIU, 
And they had T.Y. Hilton and dudes that went to the league that no one thought, oh, yeah, you know, it's FIU. Well, damn it, they won their first bowl game. They got a couple of dudes that went to the NFL. He went to Alabama, and what did he do there? One of the best recruiters in the country. He went to Oregon. What did he do there? The number one Pac-12 um, recruiting class for like three or four years in a row. First round pick last year, first round pick the year before that, first round pick before that. I think they got what Noah Sewell, the linebacker, they'll probably be a first round pick right. this year coming up. Like one thing that Chris Ball is going to be able to do is bring in the guys. He's yeah. going to recruit his butt off. He don't sleep. He's real. And he's a he's a personable dude. Like you talk to Chris Ball, you're gravitated towards him. Like mm-hmm. he's just a real dude. Like. And, you know, this, he's an OG from here. I mean, he understands Miami better than anybody understands Miami. Yeah. So to when a young man looks at him, it's going to be hard for him to be like, damn, I want to go play for that guy. Like, it's, it's, just, it's just tough. Now, he's not going to be able to get everybody because number, it's a numbers game. Um, but I guarantee you he's going to have a hat on the table and a real interest from guys that go somewhere else. Yep. No, he's in the game and, and NIL has helped tremendously. Let's not ignore that either, because oh, if you're well. not if you're not spending uh, the way that Alabama and Ohio State and all these other programs are, you're just not you're not going to be in the conversation. And now at least you're in the conversation. And then he's got to go out and beat, you know, out recruit Nick Saban and out recruit, uh, you know, the guys at Ohio State. So it's 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 not easy, but you're in the conversation. You're in the game now. So everything has changed with this program. But it, um, but it's now fair, though, with the NIL, right? Right. Like, right. Now at least can say like it okay, wasn't even before <laughs> money's on the table. There right. it is. We're going to offer this or you're going to get this is our opportunities that you can go to this school and make X amount of marketing dollars. This is the guys that done it before you. Right. It's there, you know, instead of like, yo, here's our bag, man. Here's one hundred thousand dollars. Come sign with this SEC school that everyone says does not happen yet. Players continuously <laughs> tell you what <laughs> these does. guys get or what they get from these schools. <laughs> like it happens. We get it. Right. So now that's an even playing field. And hopefully, you know, you're able to clean it up now and say, OK, cool. I gave you one hundred thousand dollars. What next? Right. Like now, can I give you financial literature to teach you about taxes and managing money? Can mm-hmm. I teach you about communications and being in front of the camera, getting into radio or sports broadcasting? Like, how can I help these young men even more by giving them these deals with NIL and elevating them outside the field as well? Because when it comes down to it, not everybody's going to the league. So right. a small percentage of dudes from this Miami team is going to make it to the league and actually make some real money. So mm-hmm. how do I help you at the University of Miami? And that's what helped me a lot is the outside resources and the guys that I've met throughout Miami as far as some of our donors and our boosters that we were able to meet in meet and greets and stuff like that are still really good friends of mine today. So I love that the NIL things, you know, um, on and popping at Miami. And we got some we got some more guys stepping up. It's only it's, we got more we got more people coming to the table and it's going to be it's going to be real soon. We're going to have more NIL opportunities um, from a lot of our South Florida uh, big, uh, big time fans and, and donors and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, and, and you talked, I talked about it on the last podcast with that Kane's connection, you know, I think, yeah. uh, they're looking to raise 10 million to help Ruiz out. So that that's going to help tremendously. As you mentioned, uh, one other topic I wanted to get into only because I ran into him at Columbus high. I, I went down there to go talk to a couple Sweet. of recruits and, uh, your boy Swayze was there. <laughs> and, uh, so I got him to talk for about 20 minutes to try to give me his freaks list. Cause you know, our Bruce Feldman just wrote, uh, his, his annual, you know, freaks list. Everybody loves seeing that. Right. Because we all want to yeah. see how everybody else is doing. And then I said, I came up with a great idea. I was standing next to him. I said, hey, man, I said, you're not working for Miami anymore. You're not working for Butch. I go, you can give me the goods, man. Tell me who makes your freaks list. And at first he thought it was going to be fun. And then as he was telling me, he's like, "Nah, this is going to be bad. Everybody's going to be calling me. I'm yep. going to get angry people. Uh, what <laughs> did you read the story and what do you think? Who, who were the biggest omissions maybe that, uh, that, that you thought were left off the list there? I did read the story and I knew he was going to get flack for it because, <laughs> you know, when it comes down to it, we have a lot of freaks or we just have dudes that are physically gifted, you know? Right. And I was even mad, like, damn, I didn't even get like honorable mention, you know, for my short shuttle and everything else like that. <laughs> um, but no, so it's funny, like he used to do a freaks list in the summertime at University mm-hmm. of Miami where he would do a, a top three, top four guys. And I made the list one time. I was okay. second behind Willie Williams, which I think one of the, one yeah. of the guys on the list. One that, of my guys from back in the day. I wrote about it. You know, yeah. left off the list is probably Willie because he just was a yeah. physically gifted freak. So I was like, dance ways. I didn't even get a mention, you know. But no, I mean, come on. I mean, the guys <laughs> that he listed are Alan Bailey. Like, literally, I remember the story with Alan Bailey. I remember walking into the, to the strength room looking across and just seeing this massive 
man. It wasn't a, it wasn't a boy. It was a man. And it was it was a true freshman working out. So I'm like, Swayze, what is that? <laughs> just wait. Just wait. And I'm just like, damn. I mean, Bailey just looked he didn't look real. Like mm-hmm. it was it was ridiculous. And obviously, Sean, Sean Taylor is the, the most physically gifted player I've ever seen or been on the field with. Um He's just a, a man amongst boys, like just just a freak. He could do whatever he wanted. And he did it effortlessly. You know, it just looked like, yeah, no big deal. Oop, yep, that was good. I could do that. Pick this up. Yeah, sure. No problem. Um, some other freaks that I play with, uh, probably Roscoe, mm-hmm. you know, and, and freakish and more of like his quickness and his speed. Because, right. you know, I used to tell people you can't you can't catch Roscoe in a phone booth. Roscoe was so freakish when it came to starting, stopping, cutting. It was like it wasn't human. I think he ran like a three eight five in the short shuttle, and you know, like me, I'm trying to compete with Roscoe because it was him, and I think Sonoris were the two fastest in ahead of me at the time on the team. And Roscoe would do it, and I was like, I got no shot, I got no mm-hmm. shot. I mean, it, he's just it was a, fr- I mean, just freakish how quick he was. But I mean, we had dudes all over the place. I mean, you had Sonoris that jump out of the gym, looked like he was elevating. He'd jump a forty four inch vert, and he just like. How the hell do you do that? I mean, yeah. we had some, you know, real dudes that just, and I get it. I, I get why Swayze couldn't do it because he I mean Swayze, <laughs> Swayze had been there when our prime too with like some of the biggest freaks that we ever had. Mm-hmm. Like that's tough list to put together. That's like, you know, it's yeah. like, it's like people saying like, oh, name the Mount Rushmore of hurricanes. I'm like, you can't. Can't. You can't. It'd be, it'd be a, an entire mountainous region is what it would be. It wouldn't be just one mountain. You can't. Oh, and then the best three running backs. I say you can't. Like, it's, it's, it's that tough. And that's kind of like the whole, you know, the Sean Taylor thing when they were talking about retiring the jerseys. I'm like, it's tough. Like, you know, we've unfortunately had some of our greatest uh, players taken away from us too soon. And, you know, you could think like, oh, I could take away, you know, Jerome Brown and Sean Taylor and, and Blades and stuff like that. But then you talk about retiring the greats. But we got we got too many greats for that. You know, mm-hmm. I think. I think it's a, a better thing that he's doing is you got to earn to wear these numbers because right. the guys that came in front of you and it could be special because it could make the guys a little bit more motivated to say, you know what, I'm a freshman, but by the time I leave here, I'm wearing that 26. I'm wearing that 98. I'm wearing that one, whatever it is, like I'm, I'm going to get it. And that's a, that's a great goal to strive for because I remember we were coming in the weight room and stuff like that and see the all time list. Like, Okay, I'm gonna break that soon before I leave. My name's gonna be on here because it, it pushed you to do something, you know. Same with records and on the field, like okay, who holds a record? Boom, I'm gonna break that. So right. I love the idea with the 26 and the one that he that he's put out there. Um, I wasn't gonna get into the subject, but now it's been a while since the story broke last year. But the whole thing with Rashawn Jones being arrested for you know Brian Potter's murder and, and charged with it. Um, after all these years later. You're a guy who obviously knew both of them to see some sort of resolution to this and and to see kind of what's going to happen here with the courts in in the months ahead. Just your thoughts on on all of that and and, and the way guys have sort of responded, because I called you when when the news first broke and I said, Brian, you know, give me your opinion. What are you thinking? Um, But that was when it was fresh. Now you guys have all had time to think about it. What's your reaction? I mean, I think you you you're happy more for for Brian's family you know, mm-hmm. and, and getting some closure because, you know, he was so close to his family. He was a mama's boy like me and, you know, and, and not having that closure and always wondering and thinking, you know, who is this guy, you know, and I'm sure they, they had their own thoughts and beliefs who it could be um, because they talked to detectives more than we all talked to detectives and obviously they were close to the case. So I think the, the biggest thing for me is closure for the family, you know, and, and it's never going to bring back, you know, Pata, but I think, it's going to help them a little bit as far as like emotionally and mental to, to move on a little bit, you know, and they're always going to have the memories. We're always going to have our memories of Pat and the, the funny times and the times we hated each other and stuff like that. Um, but I think definitely the closure, um, you know, it was a little shocking that it was him because, you know, people talked about certain things, but no one really like, you know, you really didn't think like, nah, nah. And then, you know, I guess it came up more when detectives would say something to us, like when we did interviews and you kind of just, all right, that's not adding up too much. And then when it finally happened, I just think it's um, it's good to put it, you know, hopefully put it behind us and and get some closure. 
Um, and, you know, we're all, you know, Pat's birthday was the other day. You know, you're never you're never going to forget Patty. You know, I'll still remember him singing all his little songs in the uh, in the locker room, like James Blunt, you're beautiful, you know, and stuff like that. But, you know, Pat was a great dude, big kid, biggest smile on his face, biggest mama's boy, you know. But um, I think it's just good to have maybe some closure for them. Yeah. And hopefully closure for, for all the guys who, you know, were kind of tormented by this for years because it was it felt like nothing was ever going to happen. And finally, you know, even if it's one of, one of your own, somebody in the locker room, at least, like you said, there's closure. There's some 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 sort of resolvement here, hopefully. Um, and we'll see what, what happens. Ryan, you shared a Sunday with me for an hour and I and I owe you some, I owe you lunch at the very least, brother. So <laughs> at some point when we run into each other down there, I'll take you wherever you want to Coral Gables and buy you something no, to say thank you for this because I appreciate it. You, you better restrict it to a certain city because, you know, I got I got good taste. So you never know what I might say. That's true. That's no, true. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're good. We're good. You're good. It's all good, my brother. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, man. We'll talk soon. Yeah, man. Take it easy. I'm the man.